It's the Power Hour LSU podcast. Let's go! Billy Napier, Brian Kelly, did Scott Woodward make the correct call? You're answering that question right now. I'm asking you that. Now, I know what a lot of you are going to say. Well, it's too early to say, which it's true. But I want you just to give it your best guess and take away the LSU colored glasses just for a second and go back to when the coaching search was actually happening. And that's what we're going to do today. You, for the second episode we've done this, you're Scott Woodward, okay? And you are making the decision for who is going to run your program for the future. And I'm not just saying these two guys, but just in general, what are you looking for from a coach? And what I'm going to do is simplify this into one single number, 6.2, okay? Now, at the end of this episode, I'm also going to give you my preview and prediction for how I think it's going to go down this weekend in the swamp, but... I want to also welcome you back into the PHL podcast. Hopefully this thing is growing. I don't really look at the analytics. I just push record and just go. Um, Sometimes it can be a a little rough, as you can see, because it's not many edits. uh, Because, you know, I'm doing a lot of different things. we got Power Hour SCC on YouTube. We're approaching 1,000 subs there. We also have Power Hour LSU, our main YouTube channel with film breakdowns and all of that, and we just hit 8,000 subscribers. So I want to say thank you to everyone that's made this channel so much fun, and the reason why I bring that up, not only for shameless self-promotion, but you already know what the 6.2 number means if you remembered us during the coaching search. Now, before I give you what that represents, I do want to hammer home that whatever's going to happen this weekend is not going to determine the future of the LSU football program and whether or not Billy or whoever it may be is a better answer than Brian Kelly. And this is coming from someone that just flamed Brian Kelly for an entire episode in my last episode because BK does need to do a better job of coaching this team right now. Forget the future. Like, these players are putting out blood, sweat, and tears. You've got to put them in a better place to win. And as we brought up in the last episode, Brian Kelly's teams in big spots historically do get blown out, and they do tend to start off slow. So hopefully that does change. Past performances don't necessarily indicate future performances. And trust me, as an LSU fan, I'm still behind Brian Kelly 2,000 million percent. Now... I want to bring up why that 6.2 number is very, very, very important. It is the yard per play threshold. It is a stat that I have made up, uh, but it's true. You have to average 6.2 yards per play in order to reach the college football playoff and have a legitimate shot at actually winning it all. Now, Once again, I know we bring up 2019 LSU all the time, but they really are the only team in the modern era that reached that threshold, 6.2 yards per play. And what I like to do is power five adjusts my numbers. Now, why do I use yards per play? Well, there are more advanced stats such as EPA per play and success rate, but 
a lot of people aren't too familiar with that. And there's other basic stats such as total yards and total points and wins and losses and uh, turnover percentage and all of that. I think those stats are a little too basic and volatile and unpredictable. Yards per play is a good mix of all of that, right? It is an efficiency-based stat that factors in a lot of different things, and it's simple. What is the amount of yards you average per play? You divide the total amount of yards divided by the amount of plays you run. Now, yard per play data is basically anywhere you can get stats. CFB stats is where I look at it, and the reason why I like CFBstats.com is because you can filter out just for Power 5 competition. So it takes out when LSU blows out Southern or New Mexico and so on and so on and so on. So why is it important to bring in that number 6.2? Well, if you look at the college football playoff teams that have actually won the national championship or just the teams that reach the college football playoff, they more often than not average 6.2 yards per play. And in fact, the last two teams to uh, outside of Michigan from this past year, but they were at 6.2 before the playoff, uh, the last two teams to reach the CFP playoff while not averaging 6.2 YPP were Notre Dame in 2018, or excuse me, in 2020, and Notre Dame again in 2018. So, You guys remember what happened in those games, right? Notre Dame got blown out. Now, 6.18, that's close enough to 6.2. But more often than not, teams that make it to the college football playoff, even the defensive ones like a Georgia, create explosive plays in their offense. They get the football down the field, and they are powerful, powerful, powerful offenses, right? And that is where LSU's biggest problem lies. And if you go back and look at all our college, all our coaching search videos, in every single one of them, 6.2 yards per play. That is my first and most important thing. We can talk about culture building and past success, but the modern game is about offense and about explosive plays. Now, it's not just about that. It is still the biggest thing. And that's why my two most important biggest candidates Lincoln Riley, Lane Kiffin, because I know those two guys will guarantee me that 6.2 yards per play threshold, okay? Now, there's more factors than just that, and obviously those guys didn't happen, so let's focus in on Brian Kelly. Well, his last two years, his offenses have been really good. In 2021, 6.25 yards per play, that's really good, and then in 2020, once again, 6.18, that's also very, very, very good, especially you look at Mike Dimbrock at Cincinnati. Obviously, you can't power five adjust those numbers too much because Cincinnati didn't play much power five competition, but Dimbrock's offense is comfortably average 6.2 yards per play. So that's obviously really, really, really good. But as many of you know, the LSU offense right now is a disaster, right? There's no explosive plays. There's no imagination. And LSU's offense is averaging 4.83 yards per play. Now, once again, it is only four power five games, but it's very important to keep that in mind. Now, what about Billy Napier? Well, albeit at a different level, last year was actually the first time that he didn't average at least six yards per play. They averaged 5.99, which isn't really that great. It's not elite, 
I'll say that. But in the years prior, it was 6.27, 7.01, and 6.59. Really, really, really good marks, okay? And now, even though his offense has sputtered versus USF, and even though his team has thrown a lot of interceptions, and Anthony Richardson has not had one but two games where his QBR has been under 20, which is beyond abysmal quarterback play, Florida right now, 6.21 yards per play in four Power 5 games, which puts them fifth in the SEC, okay? Now, who are the other top five teams when it comes to yard per play data versus power five competition well it is georgia ole miss alabama tennessee and florida okay and coming in at six is mississippi state at 6.03 okay now once again it's only four games and it's a very volatile small sample but i will give billy napier this his team has created a bunch of explosive plays okay let's take a stat here from cfb data via the cfb geek okay it's a twitter account at cfb underscore geek right now florida is second in all of college football when it comes to big play rate percentage okay that's when you have a run of 12 yards or more or a pass of 15 yards or more Napier's Florida Gator offense, 20.68%. That is second in all of college football. That is a better rate than Alabama. And once again, that's not Power 5 adjusted, but that is still impressive. Better than Arizona, better than Ohio State, better than Ole Miss, better than Florida State. They are producing explosive plays. Now, defensively they have a lot that they have to work on i feel like their defensive line is amazingly thin they have put a lot on the plate of javon dexter their really good defensive tackle and linebacker ventrell miller and i do think the lsu offense with will campbell back should be able to move the football some but the biggest issue for me isn't this game this weekend it has nothing to do with this game this weekend it's going to be hopefully close it is going to be alarming if LSU does get blown out in this spot but it should be close now truth be told we hope to see a more explosive team because this Florida Gator defense is a team that you can move the football against I also think running the football against Florida's front could be a very productive thing so it's now time for a prediction notice I've gone super chill it's because Haley is asleep and I have my studio kind of set up weird because we are flying to Chicago in the morning. So you're going to get chill with me. I don't want to wake anybody up, get the dog barking or whatever reason. Um, so let's keep it chill here at the end. Now, obviously, uh, the explosive play battle does lean heavily in Florida's favor on the offensive side of the football. But also keep in mind, LSU's defense has been hit by chunk plays in each of their last two games. I don't necessarily think it's Madhouse getting figured out. It's just, it's hard to play at an unbelievably elite defensive level at such 
a high clip over the course of a season. I know I didn't phrase that word well at all, but for the most part, it is your offense that ultimately wins you games in college football. So while the LSU defense does need to play better, and they are playing a bunch of really talented players this weekend in Florida, um, the defense isn't the biggest thing that LSU needs to worry about. Obviously, special teams, we'll see if that gets fixed. But to me, something that is absolutely huge in this matchup will be Mike Dimbrock's play calling. I do think he needs to get more imaginative to get some things moving along in this offense. And I'm not just talking about different formations, if you will. Hit him with the trick play. A little razzle-dazzle, if you will. And I'm not really one of those kinds of guys, but get something going uh flea flickers whatever it may be different types of formations Uh, because if the lsu offense is struggling you really got to start trying to manufacture something on that side of the football so with that said my final score prediction in this game will be florida 24 lsu 20 so there you go now don't forget comment down below your thoughts i want to say down below this is a podcast but wherever you are let me know what you guys think you can always reach out to me on social media at power hour lsu okay it is the phl podcast baby Bam! and tonight ooh, we're getting some sushi let's go